strong too. Praise God. Christians were not meant to be weak. You ever watched an episode of something, like a show? I want to invite you into an episode of the Holy Ghost this morning. You okay with that? The essence of an episode is like you got the whole season, you got the whole show. An episode is just one piece of the season and one piece of the show. If you watch an episode, you learn a lot, but you don't know the whole story. There's so much to learn about the Holy Ghost, but I want to invite you into an episode of the Holy Ghost this morning that we might have our faith be encouraged and that you might leave this place better built up than when you came. The purpose of the body is to build the body. If you're part of the body of Christ, raise your hand. That means our job is to build the body. You didn't come to be entertained or hear some good thing or whatever it may be. You came that the word of God and the spirit of God might use the body of Christ to build up. So maybe the reason you're here this morning is for somebody else. Maybe it's not just for you to sit and to feast and to dine on the word of God. I believe that could be part of it. But maybe the reason you're here this morning is so that you can be an encouragement to somebody that's here. Because we are the body of Christ. And we are strong. Some of you look strong, some of you don't. That's okay. You got your opinions about me too? I was reading the story of David and Goliath to my son several times in the last few weeks. Little kid's storybook. You know, it's pretty good. It's not like that accurate the way they wrote it, but it's got the pictures. So I tell the real story, you know what I'm saying? And in the story, though, one thing that's so great that I think is really good for Maverick, my two-year-old, as we're reading it, is that Goliath is so big. Like, he's massive. He's like 100 feet tall. He's not 8 or 10 feet tall. And David is so tiny. He's like 1 foot tall in the story. Like, they're just, they're so dramatically different. And it reminds me, as I'm reading it, that man looks on the outside but that the Lord looks on the heart. The strength of David was not in what everyone could see. He wasn't king. He was out in the field. If you don't know the story, then I'll help you find the story in 1 Samuel later. Don't worry about it. But the strength that was in David was what was on the inside. Were they magic rocks? They weren't magic rocks. The power of God was on him. And so when the enemy started to lie to him and to tell him, and Goliath started to taunt him, you send this guy out to me? What am I, a dog that you would send some little boy to fight me? Starts mocking David in his obedience to go out and face him. No, this is a tactic of the devil. No, this is a tactic that can be wired and even hardwired into our flesh that even our own mind left unsanctified in Christ may begin to mock us as we walk out in obedience to God. And as you begin to say, you know what, I am going to sow a seed and I am going to give, that your own mind or the enemy would say, don't do that. Are you foolish? You need this money. That as you stood up in the workplace and began to share your faith, that, that your own mind or the enemy would say, no, 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 don't share too much. You could lose your job. Begin to mock the very obedience that David was doing in the same way that our own obedience gets mocked today. But you need to remember the truth that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you and that you are made strong not by what is seen by natural eye, but by the Spirit of God which is inside of you. We have power. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, seven, verse 1 through 7. It says, And the Spirit of God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of what? Power, of love, and self-control. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will have. All six of you reading the Bible this week, praise God. <laughs> Philippians 4, 13, you know this one. For I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be weak in the Lord. Wait, 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 hold on. 
finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You see, I can brag on my power this morning because it's God's power inside of me, not something that I have done or I have built up or I have earned. It is God's power because I have surrendered my life unto him, and it's the power of the living God inside of me. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. If your Bible does not already have these highlighted, you should ask your neighbor which ones they are real quick and be taking them down on your phone as fast as you can so you can get the word of God inside of you this week. Because you have probably digested in your mind hours. If you're a self-controlled person and, and you don't spend that much time on social media, you've probably, down, you've probably digested one to two hours of stuff this week that does not align with scripture. Through shows, through videos, through pictures. Hopefully it made you laugh and at least brought some happiness to you. Don't let it drag you down. But get the word of God in you. This is what changes you and brings change to our life. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, <laughs> but of power. Did you know this? You can illustrate for me all you want, and you can pour water into buckets and squeeze it out of sponges. You can make it blue. You can make it red. I love your illustrations. Let me tell you something. Illustrations from the people of God are illustrated through the power of the Holy Spirit moving through them. It's not talk. It's the power of God when we lay on hands. It's the power of God when we speak the word of God. It's the power of God when we make declarations. Come on. It's the power of God when we stand up for what's right. It's not built in talk. It's built in power. You can talk all you want. You know my talk is backed by the word of God by what happens. Anybody can say, we're going here, we're going there, we're getting this, we're doing that. Listen, and they'll put up with that for a few times that you're wrong. But once the power of God is behind it and you say, we're going over there and God takes you over there. God's going to open the door and God opens the door. He's going to bring a miracle building and he brings a miracle building. He's going to heal those who are sick and he heals the sick. Once you begin to move in that kind of power, it's undeniable what God can do through people's lives. I didn't come to take a break this morning. Sorry if you came for a nap. There's a room right there in the back next to the sound booth. It's a cry room. If your kids are needing to roll around, you can take them in there. If you're bored, you can go in there. But we're in here experiencing the presence of God. Amen? I came that the Spirit of God might encourage you to know your rightful place and the authority and power that God has put inside of you it's not of talk it's of power Ephesians 3.20 now to him that's God who is able to do far more abundantly say abundantly than all we can think ask, dream, fathom think up, think down think to the side that all that could be in your mind he whom is God can do far more what? abundantly than all you can think, dream, or imagine, according to who? According to how good you are? No, sir. According to the power at work within us. Man, we have power. I was with both my boys this week. My wife works one day a week at the hospital. She was working her day at the hospital, 12-hour shift, catching babies. I think she said she got five or six babies. And some of them come out slippery, too. you got to be ready, you know. I've been there for two of them, and they were mine, okay. She was catching other people's babies. And I'm with my boys, and we, we went to breakfast. And... You know, Maverick is two, and he's kind of doing his thing. He's eating, eating his French toast and his eggs and his bacon and stuff. And Ranger's six months, and he can't really do anything on his own except for drool. 
He's good at it. <laughs> He's good at the drooling. He can crawl, wiggle a little bit. And so I'm giving him some food. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of sliding these little spots in there because we're starting some solids with him. And, you know, he he's, does his bottles and stuff like that and his breast milk and everything. We're introducing the food. And so my wife's like, hey, make sure they get some solids and, you know, make sure I do a good job. I'm like, I got this, babe. You know, don't worry about it. I'm figuring, hey, I got Maverick this far. I can, do the, I can figure the other one out. So I'm, I'm feeding them some food and we're doing some stuff. We're at this little breakfast spot. And he starts breaking out right before my very eyes faster than I can comprehend in my mind in hives all over his body. Something I had given him caused some type of reaction or something that was there. Just, I don't know. I, I, I'm like, what was this? I'm trying to, I'm reeling like it's happening so fast. We're, we're 15 seconds in and he's got them all over his face. He's got them all over his arms, all over his legs. And I'm like, oh no, what do I do? And honestly, in my mind, it was difficult not to begin to totally freak out. And it wasn't just that you could tell my baby that's always happy, has the joy of the Lord, was completely uncomfortable, naturally. Because if you had hives all over you, you would be uncomfortable. And it was like one of those moments where I'm like, what, what do I do? Do I call my wife? I'm just, again, 30 seconds now I'm in. Do I call my wife? Do I, like, what, what I might have needed in that moment wasn't like an EpiPen, you know? Not against EpiPens, but it's what I, like. I, don't, I don't have one. Don't give me one, I'm just saying. Don't like bootleg slide me when I'm not asking. I don't have one. That's what I might have needed in that moment. But it, instead of, now I'm 30 seconds in. And I mean, over, it was like in a blink of an eye. He's fine. He's crying. And he has hives everywhere. And I'm like, we got to leave this restaurant right now. You know, because crying babies are annoying and people, bothering people. And also, like, i got to figure out what to do. So I'm like trying to. Okay, thing, and I got to pack up Maverick, and I got to do all this. And I don't have an EpiPen on me, but let me tell you what I did have. I had an episode of the Holy Ghost right with me. And I didn't have an EpiPen to stick him and to correct what was happening. But what I did have was the power of praying in the Spirit. And I began to pray. And I began to declare over my son. Healing take place in your body right now. Restoration happen on your skin. And I didn't give up on it. And let me tell you what. You can like me or not. I didn't come here for you. Just like you didn't come here for me. Oh, he's speaking in tongues in church. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You'd be fine if I was gossiping, but if I'm speaking in tongues, you might not like it. Check yourself. I wore my hair down again. Watch out. See? Don't play. We're training up generations. I will pay that mother later. Well planned, well timed, good job. See, what I had at the ready was to put on an episode of the Holy Ghost over my family. What I had at the ready was to pray in the Spirit. And let me tell you, I told my wife later, I told her, like, honestly, I forgot. Like, that happened, and it went away. Okay? So, 12 hours later when I saw my wife, I wasn't really thinking, like, oh, my gosh, i got to tell you this. It was like, it was just what happened. It's my life. The number of times... Yeah, probably you're right, 12 and a half, thank you. The number of times, because you know you got the drive time, she's a 12-hour ship, but you got the drive time there, think, appreciate that. So the number of times that crazy stuff like that has happened to me, that I begin to pray in the Spirit and things begin to change, is just, it's, it's become part of my life. But I want to tell you this, so when you try it this week, I just want to remind you. Now when I started, for the first many minutes, maybe, maybe five minutes, nothing changed visually. 
man, it takes more than five minutes to discourage me at this point. I trust the Holy Spirit can yield fruit enough to not get discouraged in five minutes. All right? So if it takes five minutes or five hours or five days, you're not going to wear me down on what the Word of God says it is. It says this in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 14, for all my tongue talkers and non-tongue talkers in the room. It says this, though my spirit prays and is fruitful, my mind might remain unfruitful. And let me tell you something. I'd rather my spirit be fruitful than my mind be fruitful because my mind can really run amok. My mind can think, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. My spirit aligns with God and the spirit of God and begins to communicate to and from him in an intimate way, declaring everything that my family needs in the moment that it needs it. You put on an episode of Seinfeld if you want. I put on an episode of the Holy Ghost. The power of God helps us do what we were called to do. Did you know that you were called to do very specifically something by God? There is an anointing and a grace and a favor on your life very specifically and designed. Did you know this? Now, I'm called to be a father to my boys. I'm called to pastor the body that's here. I'm called to, to love and send and support apostolically leaders and churches in the metroplex, in the state, in the nation, maybe one day in the world. But specifically, even deeper than that, there is specific favor, grace, and anointing on my life to do certain things and other things. There's not the same favor and grace and anointing. I can speak in tongues. I cannot sing right now. Well, I can. Anyone can sing. There's things that I'm graced for, and there's things that I'm not graced for. It's not God limiting me. It's God positioning me. Like, God's not here to limit what happens in your life. He's your daddy. He's your father. He wants the best for you. He's here to position you that fruit might come from your life, win souls, bring him glory, and signs and wonders would follow it. But when it doesn't seem like it's working out, maybe it's in that five minutes. Maybe it's in that five days, maybe it's in those five years. And it seems like I'm doing the things that I should, and yet I'm not seeing the results, whether it's in the flesh or the spirit, that I want to see. What we do is we turn back to God and we re-ask him, is his word true? Why? He already told you 50 times it's true. You already asked him when you were nine. You asked him when you were 19. You asked him when you were 37. You already asked him, and he already said. He already gave you that sign you prayed for. God, if you would do this, then I would, boom, and he gave it. And now it's time to do what, he's, what you said you would do for many people. I want to give you, from my heart, two simple things that I think you can turn to and check. To say, if I'm powerful, and God has put a dream, a vision, a picture inside of my mind of what my life could be like, but it's not. Of what my family could be like, but what it's not. Of what the workplace could be like, but it's not. The school could be like this, but it's not. The city could be like this, but it's not. The body of Christ could be like this, but it's not. The people around me could be like this, but they're not. He's put a vision, and a burden. I think about this, and it doesn't let go. He's put a dream inside of me that's too big for me to do. And when it's not coming through... I can't turn back to God and say, God, why aren't you? God sent the son. The son paid the price for our sinful nature. 
redeemed us, made us his righteousness, and became sin that we might not be sinners. But saved by the grace of God through faith, then the Son goes up to the Father to be with him, but says, I don't leave you alone. I leave you with the Helper, the Holy Ghost, who will be with you and guide you into all truth. And so many believers are walking around like they're waiting for Jesus to come back and down the cross again. You have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of you if you choose. At your activation, he has said that my body builds up my body. He has given the keys to the kingdom to the people of God. He has given spiritual gifts. He has given anointing. He has given supernatural favor. And still we sit around and twiddle our thumbs and wonder when God's going to show up. And he said, when's God's going to show up? I'm on the inside of you waiting for you to take one step into your destiny and see if I won't show off. I'm already here. I'm already here. I'm already working. I'm already moving. If you would, be gracious with me. And let me speak into you just two spots this morning. The first one is this. Instead of turning back to God and asking God again, let's check us one more time. Not check our salvation. Not check, can we work hard enough to get it? Not check, is there more to do? A different song, a different dance, and we, we, different formula, a different box to check, different class to go to. No, no, no. Just, just go right back to the root of our faith and ask this question. Is my faith big? Or have I let everything else around me, even my own self, it's not their fault, it's mine, shrink down my faith so small when I'm asking of God, I'm asking, but my belief and my reality and my mindset of will he do it is he probably won't. My son's breaking out in hives, so I pray, God, would you heal him? And then I text some friends, hey, pray for my son. How many in this room did I text you and ask you to pray? Raise your hand. None. Let me tell you why. I'm not saying that's wrong because I know what to do. If I would have needed your help, I would ask. I'm not dogging, don't text your friends. But before I do, I'm taking my faith and I'm putting it where my mouth is and I'm speaking health and healing and restoration over my son. Then if it doesn't happen, I'll call in reinforcements. I'm not wasting your time. You got stuff to do. Is your faith actually big? Let me tell you something. If I would have told you 20 months ago, we're in a storefront church 20 months ago, and I would have said, listen, I know we just moved into this storefront church and spent $500,000 remodeling the inside of it, but we're going to move out. We're going to sublease it to somebody else, and we're going to move into a building on five acres of land that cost several million dollars that someone's going to give us for free. You would have said, I love pastors. They just love to dream. We'll see what happens. Right? 20 months ago, if I would have told you all that God was due, if I would have told you 20 months ago, Sabrina, all of the family members... That would come to, if I would have told you 20 months ago that you just stay the course a little longer, Bree, and one friend will come to Jesus, and then the, her, her family will come to Jesus, and then her family's friends will come to Jesus. If I would have told you 20 months ago that you'd be standing up preaching the gospel before youth, if we would have told you 20 months ago, Pat May, you'd be sitting here using your gifts, feeling like for the first time that the anointing of God is on you and you don't have to work to earn, but the grace of God is just on your life. If I would have told you 20 months ago. But what about 20 months from now? Let me tell you something. I love this place. But the only place I'm going with the kingdom of God is up. I'm blessed for the miracle. And I'll be blessed when some other congregation sits in the building because this place is not big enough to hold all that God's going to do. 
I'm blessed for the free miracle from God. I'm blessed from the grace, but I'm ready to give and walk into the next thing. Let me tell you, so many times people have come into this building and they've said, I love the church because it's this small. I love the church because it's this big. And every time I know in my head, there's no reason to love a church because it's small or because it's big or because it's medium. The only reason to love a church is because the presence of God is on that place. Because the presence of God fills the people who fill that building. It's not about big. It's not about small. It's about the presence of God moving through his people. So warning, we might not fit in here for too much longer. I know it's been less than a year we've been in here, but God's at work. People are getting saved and set free. Deliverance is happening. Healing is happening. Signs and wonders are following his people. It's not about a pastor or a pastoral team or people of God or some staff. The people of God are beginning to rise up like never before, beginning to grab hold of what's been theirs for decades and beginning to say, you know what, I'm advancing the kingdom of God. I will follow Jesus. I will relent because the promise in God says no one who gives up house or home or family will not receive back many fold both in this life and the life to come. Anything I lose for Jesus is repaid back in the glory of God. No more losing. When's the last time something on your heart to do was scary, but you did it? It made you kind of tense up a little bit at first, but you took a step instead of backed off. When's the last time you felt that prompting of obedience and you chose obedience quickly instead of slowly? This is your faith in action. Faith chooses obedience quick. What are you still believing for that hasn't happened yet, but you have not given up? These show the temperature and degree of our faith. And before I go back and check God's word and check his promises and ask him, God, are you still at work? God, did you still mean it? God, did you still promise you'd heal my family? God, did you still promise salvation? Before I go back to God and recheck what I already know and what he's already said, why don't I just ask my faith, how are you doing? Have I been sowing too much into the, into the flesh and into the mind and not enough into my spirit? It's a time for the people of God to get an episode of big faith over their life. To begin to dream big dreams again. Dreams that say, this is impossible without God. Faith that's asking things that only God can do. That's winning souls, only God can win. That's setting free, only what God can set free. That's bringing property, only God can bring. That's delivering, only what God can deliver. It's big faith that says, without God, it's impossible. But God says, nothing is impossible with me. The second place I ask you to turn to humbly is your generosity. Your generosity. Here's why. Because you, you will reap what you sow. Not all, but part of the reason I can pray in the spirit and my son can receive within 10 minutes instant healing over his whole body. There's no reason. I did nothing. I, I put no medicine. I did no things. You want to use an EpiPen? You want to put medicine? I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just telling you my story. I get to hear your story. You get to hear mine. My story is I spoke in the spirit. I prayed in the spirit, and that went away. That's my story. Part of the reason that happens for me is because I have sowed so many prayers into the lives of people. I reap what I sow. I reap what I sow, you reap what you sow, money or not money. Generosity is part of the kingdom. It's hard to be generous when you're robbing God of the tithe and offering. But when we're being generous, we see powerful moves in our life. 
I ask this question to help with my generosity, to make sure my generosity is being big. Because I don't ever want to think, oh no, we shouldn't give that much. I want to think, is this enough? Can we do more? You think what you want to think. I want to challenge your generosity and faith today. Ask yourself this question. What have I given this year? I'm four, I'm four months into this year. What have I given this year that I'm proud enough to brag about? I wouldn't because it's God. But if I bragged about it, you'd say, whoa. <laughs> Hang out with that guy. <laughs> He's a giver. And if I told you I gave $10, if I told you I gave $20 yesterday, how many of you are impressed? Like, oh my gosh, that's life-changing. It's life-changing. It's not life-changing. It wasn't hard for me to give $20. There's numbers for you to give that are not hard. I don't know, it might have been life-changing. Because it was still like a seven-year-old. <laughs> it was like $2,000 is what it was like. Pastor Abiel and, and Pastor Dorcas are on a cruise right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. See? I'll tell you what. Well, what time is it? They're getting on the boat right now. They're about to go on a cruise, all right? And their son, Josh, he's in first grade, runs out. I'm so excited. This is yesterday. I, I go to hug their necks before they leave, okay? They're like getting in the car. I'm like, I'm going to hug you before you go. Not because I'm afraid of the cruise. Just want, I just love them, Okay. <laughs> He said, I'm so excited. I said, yes. He goes, because I'm going on vacation. And I'm like, I know. I said, what do you need? You have everything you need? And you know what he needs? Money. For snacks. I said, how much money do you want? Blank check right there. I'm like, I hope he doesn't say too much. Because I only got so much in here. You know, I don't have like 10 million. What, what could he say? I don't know. I just said, you know what he said? He thought about it so hard. He goes, $20. And I'm like, praise God. Hallelujah. I have $20, okay? I didn't show up with like a, a, a band of money. I'm like, how much do you guys want? I just was there. I was just like, it just came out. What, how much do you want? $20. I'm like, yes, you got it. I pulled it out. $20. He, for the next few minutes, he shows it to everyone. He said, told me, I'm so excited because now, well, before, I could buy some snacks because I have a little bit of money, but now I have $20. I can buy anything that I want. That's what he said. I don't want to be with him when he walks into the quick trip and finds out not really anything you want. So it might have been kind of life-changing. But it's $20. But what is the Holy Spirit putting on you to do? I asked someone the other day, I said, have you ever given away a car before? Just regular conversation, right? You ever given away a car? And they were like, do you want my car? And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want your car. I mean, I'll take it. And that's what God says, but I was just more asking because you can. You can give away a car, did you know? It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's, it's powerful. It's life-changing for somebody. How many in the room, someone else has given you a car before? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen and a half, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty. Okay, you, you see? Give away a house. I'm not gonna ask how many people got a free house. Just keep that business to you, okay? Give away your time. Give away your energy. Are you stingy with it? Are you generous with it? That's the, those are different words. Stingy is one word and generous is another. And when I'm stingy, I'm going off of what I want. And when I'm generous, I'm going off of God, what God wants. And I'm asking you this. What has happened this year that you had opportunity to be generous? And what could happen tomorrow? What have you given away this year that wasn't completely easy. I didn't blink about the $20. Honestly, I totally forgot about the $20 until just now. Not in the notes, not in my head. It's like, oh yeah, the $20. $20. I said 10 or 5 at first. 20 It was easy. It was not hard. I'm good. I didn't have to go home to my wife and be like, hey babe, let me just tell you something real quick. Like, 
God put on my heart for the $20. I know we had plans on that specific $20. We're going to have to postpone those. But it could have been. Could have been $20,000. Could have been $200,000. Could have been $2 million. You see? $2 million. Hallelujah. Could have been $20 million. You see, I'm not just making up numbers. As I'm, as I'm processing before, I'm saying, God, what is it? What is it that you want me to do? How can I be generous? How can I love? How can I give? Because I don't, I don't want to limit what God wants to do through me, and I don't want to limit the power of God on me. And if he said, greater is he that's in you that's in the world, then I don't want to say, yeah, but maybe I could if it's okay with the world. No. Generosity is not okay with the world. The world loves selfishness, and you need to make sure you have enough so you can keep enough, so you can get enough, so you can have more. You'll never have enough. You'll always be chasing it, and you're going to run out, run out, run out over and over again. A great, a great thing to know, am I generous, is this. Do I keep running out? If you keep running out, I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, you're probably not generous. Because when you are, you don't run out. God keeps pouring in. You give, God gives. You give, God gives. You just keep giving, and God just keeps giving. So I just can't run out. Think I'm crazy. That's fine. That's my wife. We started Authentic City Church February 2018. Before we started, before there was any money, I told my wife, this is how much money that my salary is going to be because I quit my job. I took a pay cut, which pay cut to zero dollars was like a really big pay cut. <laughs> doesn't really matter how much you're making. <laughs> I went to the payroll company. I told my wife, I'm setting up payroll for myself twice a week for these amounts. Guys, there's no money in the account. Yet. But I know. Like, no, God, God already said he's taking care of the basic needs. Like, he knows I need electricity, and if he decides that I don't, he'll let me know. So I said it. It was there. And guess what? Every month, there it is. Because I've sowed seeds of generosity because my faith is not shrinking down. It's going up. Because I'm not believing to get satisfied. I'm believing that God is as big as he said he is and that he'll do what he said he will do. And I'm here to help him show off to his people. To say, you want to give away a car? You want to give away a house? You want to be generous beyond your wildest dreams? Do it and watch and see what God will do. Because I'm sick of the people of God complaining about why they have no power when their faith is small and the generosity is non-existent. You want the power of God to be on you? Raise up the level of your faith and begin to turn the wheels of generosity and see what God will do. Our generosity shows, even if it's just privately, I don't need to know what you give, you don't need to know what I give, I don't, I don't really care. It shows how rich we think God is. That's what our generosity does. Those that give a lot know God is rich. Those that give a lot, sorry, a lot. <laughs> a lot is like a little, but it's a lot, you know. Those that give a little, I mean, honestly, that's their view. You can argue it if you want, and that's fine. I'm here to drop the word in my heart. You're here to wrestle with it until God aligns us all to obedience, right? I had to wrestle with it all week up to this point. Preaching the conviction of what God put in my heart to say, tell the body to stand up and be powerful. And if they're not powerful, tell them to turn back, not to check me, but instead to check their faith and their generosity and see what I will do. When they decide to dream bigger and to give bigger than they ever have, will I not fill their barn so full that it will overflow? Will I not fill their net so full that they'll have to call over another boat? Will I not send all the souls they've been praying for to come to Jesus and all the people they've been discipling and laboring over for years, they've seen no fruit? Will I not turn and see a harvest? 
harvest reaped out for them? Will I not see souls won for them? Will I not see gifts of the Spirit poured out for them? Will I not see men, young and old, women, young and old, well, women are only young and young, young and young, rise up for the kingdom of God and begin to profess that Jesus is Lord and that he has called this year the favor of God? Will I not see all of that, everything that God has promised as I walk in his obedience? God. Hey, I got a friend with me here from Pennsylvania. Joe, just stand up for a second. Wave your hands so everyone can see your beautiful face. There we go. Joe Barris is here from Pennsylvania. The Lord is still situating what his full calling is right now. He's serving as an evangelist in Pennsylvania. He has a ministry called Pop-Up Praise there in that Lehigh Valley area, and he's doing once a month pop-ups as just the Lord kind of just reveals what's happening. Lots of people are coming to them. People are getting saved. People are getting healed, set free. Powerful things are happening, and we met him when we started a church in Pennsylvania, I guess about three years ago. We started one of our locations in Pennsylvania, so we met Joe because of that and have just been having a relationship since then. So I'm so excited that he's here because he gets to meet so many of you because we're talking on the phone at least every month doing calls and check-ins. And he hears about what's happening, but now he gets to be here and see it. And then in a month, on May 19th, on that Friday, he's having one of his praise pop-ups. And me and a couple others are going to fly up to Pennsylvania, be with him for his praise pop-up. And we're going to do his ordination service right there in Pennsylvania in front of his people. Us ordaining him as pastor. When, when you're out, no matter what you're doing... It's nice to have a place to land and have some covering and have a soft place, whether it's emotional or physical, right? Just like I just need, I just need somebody, somebody I can call and go to, some place I can be, some people that are my people. And so I'm glad that we get to be a part of that authentic city church and get to be a covering for him, get to ordain him, and get to affirm. This is, this is what it is. It's affirming the call that God has on his life. Not, we don't take something from him. He doesn't owe us something now. Oh, you're with us. You owe us something. No, no. This is, what we, this is what the kingdom of God does. It's generous, and it says, hey, we affirm it, and we send it, and we support it, and we want to see it happening. We believe in it. So if you get a chance afterwards to meet Joe, I'd love for you to. Uh, he's going to be in Growth Track. So if you're, if, you, if you're going to Growth Track, you'll get to meet him for sure. But if not, you can grab him and say hi. I'm going to have him come up here in a minute and, and share a word. But right now, I want to celebrate some new life in Jesus Christ. How many love baptism? Hey, would you stand up on your feet for a second? We have four amazing people getting baptized this morning. And let me tell you, Bree, wave your hands, Bree. Bree invited Sabrina. Wave your hands, Sabrina. Sabrina came. Her life got changed about two months ago. Came to the Lord. Both have broke free from addictions and been set free. And then she was declaring from day one that her family would come and get saved. And they are. <laughs> All of them. So this is Rebecca, her mom. She's getting into the baptism tank right now. Let me tell you this. That I love the body of Christ. I love all the expressions. I love all the different denominations and what they have to give. But sometimes we can get sucked into something called religion. I don't love religion. All right? Religion is not relationship. Relationship with the Father comes through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Re religion puts a bunch of check boxes in front of what we want to do. And Rebecca got stuck in religion through the Catholic Church, and it had become just checking boxes over and over again. She found out what was happening in her daughter's life and said, you know what? Maybe I'll check that out. And let me tell you something. When someone begins to check out what the Holy Spirit is doing, not check out a church, Check out what the Holy Spirit is doing. He begins to reel them in and draw them in in a serious way. And now she can say this. I have hope in Jesus. I've been set, set free from alcohol and from drugs. And I have found freedom in Jesus Christ. Before I was, this is her words, not mine. Before I was drained. But now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I'm proud of you. 
We love you. We are proud you are our sister in the kingdom of God. And there are people that are waiting to be one for Jesus at what you say and what you do. So we stand with you, arm in arm, that you're not just saved to sit on a pew. God saved your soul by grace through faith that you might have great purpose and destiny and power on your life, that your family is different now, that your friends are different now in Jesus' name. So we baptize you, Rebecca, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, praise God. This is your first time being part of a baptism. Let me tell you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. The old is gone. Everybody say gone. The new has come. Everybody say come. On the inside, all four of these people and so many more at Authentic have found life in Christ. And now on the outside, they publicly declare it to be baptized in the spirit and in water in Jesus' name. Amen. Get into the baptism tank right now is Delia. This is Rebecca's mom. This is Sabrina's grandma. strong you have been strong for many years and in hearing your testimony what you've done to support and to love your family takes a strong woman to do and now the strength that's inside of you is not your own strength that you have to muster up it's the strength of the Lord that rises in you and you shall find new strength in this season and be anointed, and I believe this, that as you say yes to everything God says, only greater faith and blessing is coming to your family. You think this is it? This is just the beginning of what God wants to do. He is pouring out blessing on you and through you in Jesus' name. So we baptize you, my sister Delia, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It says this in Scripture. A wealthy person will leave an inheritance to their children's children. Don't give up believing. Don't give up praying. For in due season, you too shall reap a harvest. In due, in due season, you too shall, shall see what God has put on your heart to have faith for. All right, right now we have Delia's husband. This is Daniel. Get into the baptism tank. When you're young, it's easy to make a decision. Oh yeah, do this, do that. The more religion sits on you, the harder it becomes to stand up. And Daniel, when you stood up for Christ a month ago, a few weeks ago, because of what you saw in Sabrina, because of what you began to see in your family, you saw what it did in your wife's life, you saw what it began to ripple effect and do, you're the leader, they look to you, you are trusted by God, your sins are forgiven, and you are made new in Jesus. You are changing your workplace, 
and God is moving through you in a mighty way. I'm proud of you. Like I would be proud of my father or my grandfather. I'm proud of you and I love you. There's a tenderness in your heart where it was hard before. If you want to hear Daniel's testimony, talk to him. Let him bless you with it. Daniel, because of your profession in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and being the king of your life, we baptize you as a believer in Jesus in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Come on and praise him. Jesus right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get it in the baptism tank is also Daniel. Daniel's son, Daniel, don't be confused over here. I did not forget names, they're just the same, okay? If there's anyone else here named Daniel that wants to get baptized today, today is your day. Hustle over quickly. When we see and celebrate new life in Christ, we give God glory and praise when we do that, the Holy Spirit begins to minister to our heart, begins to whisper to us and tell you truth about yourself. It's not emotions because it's sad or because you're moved. It's the Spirit of God coming on people, embracing and filling them. So I pray a filling of the Holy Ghost that you will not be the same. And that the war you've been waging in your mind all week, that's been, you've been going back and forth, are you redeemed? It's over today. You are redeemed in Jesus Christ, and I bless you, my sister, in the name of the Spirit right now. He is filling you, and He is washing your mind right now in Jesus' name. Just let it go. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Daniel. I love you. I'm proud of you. Look how many look how many people are proud of you and are celebrating with you. Ashley, get over here. Don't go down yet, Daniel. Baptize her with three. This is Daniel's fiance. She got baptized two weeks ago. And let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost will have his way. He is on your relationship. And he is mending things you've been fighting about for a long time. And he's fixing them like that. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, praise him.
yes, yes. Can we all just stay standing for a second? I love baptism so much. I love them more than I love birthdays. <laughs> I love them more than a, a heavy sick kid loves cake, right? Pastor Matt got to learn how much I love cake and donuts and all that stuff. And my wife and I, as Pastor Mac said, my wife, Doris, she is so beautiful. God has graced me more than uh, he has graced her. I'll tell you that much. We have been so blessed by what your ministry is doing here in Texas, all the way in Pennsylvania. See, your bold faith here in Texas is changing lives in Pennsylvania. And this morning while praying, I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to say this morning? And I had the opportunity to speak with a pastor this week. I won't say he's older, he's seasoned. We don't get older, we get seasoned. And he was a Vietnam vet. And what he was telling me was, I don't care what anybody tells you, but when you're in war at nighttime, it's scary because the enemy prowls at nighttime. And this morning while praying, God, what is it that you want me to say? Joshua 10, 12 came to my heart. I'm sure we've all heard the story. Joshua said, sun stands still over Gibeon. And one or two verses later, it says the sun stood still for about a whole day. But what we don't think about is the whole time Joshua's moving at night, the fear that he had to be facing while being in war. And the question that I wanna ask you today and I want us to make our way up. Is this your faith bigger than your fear? See, God is the same yesterday. He's the same today and he'll be the same tomorrow. So I trust and believe the same God that made the sun stand still over Gibeon when Joshua said, sun stand still is the same God that will make the sun stand still today. But you have to have faith. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, you have to have enough faith that whatever you came in fearful of this week, the things that you think God cannot redeem you from, Jesus paid the price. So I wanna ask if, if today's the day that you want to allow Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior to make your way up, to make your way up. And if there is something that you need prayer about today to make your way up. I'll never forget when I had the first opportunity to see Authentic in, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and there was a sign that said, miracles happen here. And I was like, oh my goodness, that sign is so bold and so courageous. People are gonna be like, that's a bad PR sign. But I wanna tell you that when you have enough faith to say, Lord, take over my life, I will be obedient to your calling I accept you as my Lord and Savior that miracles will still happen today. Can you get a glory clap one time? I wanna pray over this group right now. Your courageousness to come and stand up to say that I'm going to allow Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, to say that everything and anything I've been trying to work hard on by myself, I can't do by myself. See, I, I heard a quote this week. It said, when we work, we fail. But when we pray, God works. That's the big difference. We can't do it by ourselves. So today you are declaring that, Lord, I am no longer doing it on my own behalf, but I am now working for you and working with you. So if we could all just raise our hands towards this group of people. And let us just have a moment to pray with them. Pray over this group right now.
you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. enough for all the anxieties and the problems that you might have walked in with and not just big enough for them but powerful enough to set you free from them praise God praise God I want to remind you this, two things. One, there's growth track right after this. Here's what that means. If you want to know how to grow in your faith or you want to know more about Authentic City Church, it's a less than one hour class happening right here that puts you on a path to know what are my next steps in either or both of those two things. How can I know more or get more involved? How can I grow my faith? Come to Growth Track. There is lunch for you. Many have RSVP'd, but there is spots for you if you have not. I want to help you take those steps. Second thing I want you to know, this Wednesday night, say Wednesday, our women are meeting right here at 6.30. There is dinner. There is Bible study. There is ministry. Do not miss it. If you are a woman in this room, come out. Be with my wife. Hang out Wednesday night at 6.30. You want to compel them or you, did I do a good enough job? <laughs>